0: Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, head of content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. And today I'm joined by Andy Bell. Andy is the VP of Global Data Product Management at Precisely, and we're here to talk about improving your business data with data enrichment. Andy, welcome to the show. Thank
1: you very much, Matt. Good to be here.
0: Yeah, pleasure to have you on today, um, Andy. Could you just let the people know a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So, as you introduced, I look after the data
1: product management at uh, Precisely, uh, which means I look after a global portfolio of data products, that's actual data, not technology. Uh, And we deliver that to a wide range of customers in in insurance, telco, financial services. Um, But uh, we're part of a a larger business precisely, which is a a business based around uh, helping our customers get data integrity and get trust in their data through data management, validation, verification, quality. But we do specialize around location, location software, and uh, the data products that, that uh, I look after, which, which all have a, a location uh, aspect um, to those, um, which, uh, you know, is a key, key part of what businesses need to look at uh, to, uh, to be successful.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the the sort of corner of the the market that you guys take up is a really interesting one. Um, and I kind of just wanted to kick this conversation off uh, first of all by asking, you know, what really is uh, data enrichment, and and why is it so you know important right now? Uh,
1: absolutely, and and I think what our customers are looking at when they're talking about data enrichment is around bringing in uh, external third party data to help them understand more about their internal data, so adding more value, greater insights to be able to uh, deliver on their business needs. A really straightforward example of that is we work with insurers. Um, They want access to third-party property information to be able to autofill information for customers looking for uh, quotes on property insurance. Um, But it goes further than that. It's really around how uh, a business can get more in-depth insights into their customers by bringing in uh, this external information. It might be, I want to know more about the property, Um, I want to know more about the uh, natural hazards that that property is exposed to, or whereabouts is it uh, located on a street. Uh, And what we see as well is that these companies also want to be able to get external market insights. So They have all that internal data. It tells them everything they know about their customers, but they don't know everything. And we work with the likes of retailers where they're looking at doing uh, branch location analysis, retail location analysis, and they need to get market insights around what competition is in a location, where are they um, put themselves, uh, and also what's the demand in an area But you know, they can see their customers but what's the total market uh, within that area looking at so when we're talking about enrichment the um, you know businesses are looking to bring in that information to really help them make better decisions and be more successful uh, within their businesses
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense Um, are there any sort of common challenges that they that they face when they're when they're really trying to enrich their data in this in this perspective
1: Uh, absolutely and i think. One of the first things uh, that they uh, companies look at is the quality and accuracy of the data that they hold themselves that they actually want to enrich, and that that could be as straightforward as have I got an accurate and up to date address for my customer? That might be a you know a consumer, it might be a, a business. That's really really important because if you haven't got good quality accurate data, you're trying to enrich. First of all, you may find it difficult to add external data to it, but it also might be wrong. If you've got the wrong postcode or the address is all messed up, you may not be doing the sort of matches that you would hope to do, and therefore you're getting incorrect uh, information. They're also looking for sort of standard formats as well, so um, looking at data that comes in consistently uh, that they can append. And that data that they're sourcing also needs to be timely and accurate. So, you know, if you're particularly if you're looking at uh, business information, so we might be working with a telco who wants to understand, you know, what's the what's the opportunity to connect businesses into um, their services? They want to know, does that is that the correct business? Uh, how big is it how financially secure is it um but which location it is and if you haven't got that in a timely and accurate fashion you could get a very distorted view of what's going um in on within that uh, particular area and then they're just looking at the scale it, it, it's quite easy to process a couple of thousand records but when you're starting to process millions and millions of records against potentially uh, tens and hundreds, if not thousands of external attributes, you need to be able to enrich at scale. and We see a lot of customers now looking to, you know, using uh, cloud services, things like Snowflake, Databricks, to be able to do that enrichment at a much larger scale than uh, they have done in the past.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting that you bring up the, the point about, you know, that, that that really kind of scalability aspect of the, the data sets. Um, and obviously, it's kind of all going back to data quality, right? Um, do you have any tips for companies in terms of, you know, how to source their data and, and how they maybe should be going about it?
1: No, absolutely. And as a, a third party data provider, we think about this a lot and really about how we help, uh, you know, customer or prospect understand uh, what they need. And really what we, you know, um a business certainly should be starting at is understanding the use cases that they're trying to solve, uh, looking at the desired outcomes they want uh, from um, improving those processes or looking for a, a particular uh, indicator, and then being able to look and identify uh, data sets that are going to help them uh, achieve uh, those desired outcomes, meet those use cases. And as they do that, and they look at um, external data sources, um, they need to assess, assess the the quality of that data that they're going to bring in. It might be simple as coverage; not every single data gives you national coverage. Uh, you know, uh, you look at something, an example, Ordnance Survey. A lot of their data only covers Great Britain, so it's UK, Scotland, but it doesn't cover Northern Ireland. So understanding um, that coverage um, is really, really important. It's also consistency. You know, we work with a a lot of retailers looking at uh, opportunity across m- multiple countries. When they want to understand what the market demand is, they want to look at consistent demographics. They want the same variables in every country. That's not easy. And being able to identify, you know, how you can get that consistency, really, really important and then it's the correctness and currency of that data you know making sure you're working with the very latest data uh, and that it's it's complete you can look at attributes do you have 100% coverage in an attribute would you expect 100% coverage so lots of quality things that a uh, um, a customer would need to think about um i think as well you know making sure that uh, the data sets are updated on a regular and consistent basis and relevant for the different types of data so business data our customers expect that to be updated on a much more regular basis than say an administrative boundary which don't change uh, as often as as business data does Um, they want to be looking at ease of use ease of linking data together but also around if we've got good supporting documentation do I know what all these variables mean can I access it in lots of different ways? Is there an API? Do I get it on premise? Is it a cloud service? And then how a company might support and resolve issues. Uh, and then one that that I think um, many companies don't think about is actually understanding the terms and conditions that you're signing up to. Uh, you know what are you and are you not allowed to do uh, with data? And I think you know that's a, a particularly uh, an area that uh, when you're thinking around privacy and such like that's you've got to be very very thoughtful around um those terms and conditions Uh, but yeah lots for a customer to think about when looking at a a third party data provider
0: yeah i mean it's definitely a lot right and i I also i kind of like how you kind of brought that together with um some of the challenges that, that organizations can face um i want to kind of talk to you a little bit about you know how to really streamline this uh data enrichment process and how um how, how kind of easy can it be for uh the customer bringing this on board and what would they have to do to to make it easier for themselves
1: yeah absolutely and and i think um you know there's a couple of different ways that an organization might see streamlining they might look at the different delivery mechanisms you know is it easier to take an on-prem state set or is it easier to take an api uh, you know where you get regular feeds and it might be based on a a certain selection you're making. So, accessing data in that way um, can uh, help you streamline uh, that process. But um, one of the things that we're certainly looking at helping our customers around the complexity of matching data. So, if we go back to what I was talking about earlier around quality data, um, an address and a good quality address is at the core of streamlining those processes but also looking at it and going is there a way where instead of having to match my address to multiple different data sets is there a single way i can access different data different types of data it might be about the property it might be about the businesses located there it might be about the wildfire risk or it might be about um the types of people that living in that location they're all held at Different levels, different ways of accessing it. So, is there an easier way uh, that I can access that? And um, certainly, the way that we're approaching it, and we're seeing other customers and that, uh, sorry, other competitors, and uh, lots of government organisations use the uh, a unique and persistent ID to manage data. So. Um, if you're able to say right, I only ever I only have to process my address once, and get a unique and persistent ID on it. A precisely, we call that a precisely ID. You might look at Ordnance Survey; they use a UPRN, uh, and in Australia they have something called a GNAF ID. So there are ID systems being used to be able to uh, manage an address. What you then can do is using that ID is Link to all other data using a unique and persistent id so we deploy those across all of our de- uh, different data sets, which means that when you're you're looking to streamline that processes you can use an id system to be able to link things together rather than going oh gosh i've got to i've got to process my address here i've got to you know with spatial data I've got to put a coordinate on it then I've got to do multiple pointing polygons across all of this data and I've got to do it again and again and again and by using um an id system um it makes it a lot easier so I'll give you an example of that in uh the us uh we deliver to primarily our insurance and telco customers a product called property graph it's essentially a lookup between all of our address and property information to be able to say here's an address this is the building that address falls within this is the legal land parcel that it falls within Um, these are the property attributes and these are the businesses uh, located there Um, that makes it easier to access what is a a very complex set of relationships Um, and you know we've got customers within telco industry who are using that to be able to understand serviceability what i mean by that is you know we've created a, a fiber network you know which Properties, can I actually fix this to? And when I look at that property, what's happening there? Is it a multifamily unit? Is it a single business? Is it multiple businesses over multiple floors? All of those things uh, a telco can then use to understand what's the opportunity if I connect into. Uh, into that property um so yeah you can um use those types of systems to be able to really kind of streamline your your processes and we're seeing that you know we've got uh, insurance companies um who use this to be able to um understand to price a policy on a property look at its uh and look at the risk exposure around a, an area as well so it, it we're seeing Lots of organizations seeing this kind of connectivity, interoperability uh, of data products to be of, of great value to be able to make it a lot lot easier to um, access and streamline your your enriched processes.
0: Yeah, super insightful that. I, I really liked some of the, the the examples that you brought up there as well. Um, yeah, super interesting. Um, are there any additional methods that customers should be thinking about alongside all of this to get more context around their data?
1: yeah i think so and i think um one of the things you know we obviously specialize in in uh, geospatial data data about a location that provides context and you know i think a a lot of organizations are very used to you know attribution um but then uh trying to understand well can we look at using spatial analytics to get a a better view of what's going on so you might know everything about the um, the business that um, you are insuring at that particular location, but actually, by using spatial analytics, you can look at the building, the whole building, and buildings around it to understand, you know, the risk of adjacency. Are you insuring something that's next to a petrol or gas station or a chemical uh, manufacturing? plant so you know understanding that that adjacency uh, uses spatial analytics but you can also do things and, and you know retailers do this a lot of time uh, and actually the the programmatic advertising industry does as well is looking at um distances and drive times and what i mean by that is you look at a location and you go you know what's within 15 minutes or uh, 10 kilometers of a, a particular location and you're kind of understanding accessibility uh, you know retailers do this all the time within a uh, branch location but it can also be if I'm doing an advertising um, campaign and I want people to come to my location I don't want to waste uh, money on uh, sending a message to uh, a place that just can't get to where I am you know I you know anywhere with rivers you know you think about London you know um, if you're on the south bank uh, are uh, consumers on the north bank actually accessible can they get across a bridge how do they get there those things can be taken into account during using spatial analytics but it's also around you know understanding um, a neighborhood so we have our uh, property companies people like Keller Williams and such like who use neighborhood information to help customers um, improve their search so you know um, you know if you go on to to right movies you know you can see that by you're trying to type in you know a local area a name that might not be um, you know a defined uh, geography so to speak Uh, but that is incredibly helpful in terms of uh, aiding and enhancing the customer experience that they have on your on your sites as they
0: search for different types of properties. Very well said, Andy. Um, Thank you for that. Thank you so much for your time. I I really do appreciate you coming on to the uh, EM360 podcast today.
1: No, thank you very much, Matt. That was uh, very interesting and good fun. Thank you.
0: And also thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast as well. We hope you took a lot away from today's episode, but for further information on what we talked about, please head on over to precisely.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series, but until then make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms follow the conversation on our socials at em360tech on twitter and linkedin and for more great daily content please head on over to em360tech.com